Hey everyone, quick question before we get into tonight's story, and I promise you it'll make sense by the time you reach the end of it. What is your favorite game show? Growing up, I watched Game Show Network and just like, you know, regular cable television game shows all the time. Price is Right, Jeopardy, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, The Weakest Link, stuff like that. Family Feud was another big one in my house. Um... I have a lot of favorites, but I think Who Wants to Be a Millionaire might be one in one of my top three, probably. I love trivia. I think it's really fun, and it's just fun learning new stuff and knowing stuff and getting stuff right. Let me know down in the comment section below what's your favorite game show. It can be something like that, or it can be something like Wipeout, I guess. <laughs> Let me know down in the comment section below. I'd love to hear your suggestions. And now... Let's get on to tonight's story. I was recently crowned America's next top serial killer. I woke with a thumping headache and forced myself to sit up. The pungent stench of urine and God knows what else immediately assailed my nose. I looked around to see dozens of people wearing the same clothing surrounding me. We appeared to be in a small, cramped location that didn't appear to have any toilets and unfortunately no ventilation. There was a section of the room which was empty and I could tell by the contents on the floor that this was the cause of the smell. The lack of toilets meant people had no choice but to improvise. I gazed around at the other people that were around me, and they all looked terrified. I tried speaking to some of them, but they just hushed me and indicated for me to leave them alone. They were a mixture of people with every age group and ethnicity included. I could see one woman who looked like she was in her 90s and was using two walking sticks to stand upright. We sat there for a few more hours, with the stench becoming more and more unbearable. A loud buzzer went off, which resulted in a few people screaming in shock. We watched as the door slowly began to open in the corner of the room. I was the first one to get up and carefully made my way forward. I peered out to see what appeared to be a large open factory building outside. I contemplated staying where I was. But I was getting more and more lightheaded with the smells, so I decided to leave. The others slowly began to follow me out, and we all stood clustered together. A screeching noise of feedback emerged from the speakers, which I finally spotted dotted around the building. A voice came over the speakers and announced, Welcome to the latest season of America's Next Top Serial Killer. We all stood there in shock as the voice told us, we were the intended victims who were going to try and help decide who the season's winner was. They thanked us for our help and promised our bodies would be disposed of in an humane way. Four doors opened in front of us and out walked a number of terrifying looking people. The speaker told us that we were welcoming four new killers who were vying for the title of this year's ultimate serial killer. We were introduced to them one by one with a quick synopsis. First was the nun, who wore a nun's outfit, which was splattered in blood. 
I would have considered her beautiful apart from the fact that her eyes were completely bloodshot. The only things she held were rosary beads, which looked very used. Next was the Reaper, who stood there in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. He was wearing a mask that looked like it had once been the design of Robin Williams' face. He held a shovel in his hands and kept spinning it around. And then came the Boy Scouts, who wore clothes that were three or four sizes too small for him. His scouting uniform looked like it had seen better days. He carried a branch that he was sharpening with a penknife and kept jabbing it toward us. Finally, he announced the headmaster, who stood there gazing at us with a look of pure disgust. He carried two metal rulers that were almost half the height of him. He reminded me so much of some of my old teachers that I involuntarily took a step backward when his eyes rested on me. One of the other victims went toward the nun and begged her to help him as he had a wife and family. She smiled at him for a few seconds before wrapping the rosary beads around his throat and ripping it open. The fount of blood sprayed out of his throat and a small bit splattered onto my clothes. Pandemonium ensued as everyone around me began running off in every conceivable direction. The killers began moving forward and lashing out at anyone they got too close. I saw the old woman with the walking sticks get decapitated. The reaper had knocked her to the ground then used the shovel to cut off her head. I stood there frozen in fear as I watched the killers slaughter numerous people. The headmaster was using his rulers to slash into people's skins and then hitting them against their throat to crush their larynx. The boy scout was using his branch as a spear and I watched him shove it through someone's eye and out the other side of her skull. I finally convinced my feet to start moving and began dodging between the corpses that littered the floor. I felt something brush the hair at the back of my head and I knew that one of them had come very close to catching me. I found an unlocked door at the other end of the building and yelled at the others. A few of the other victims must have heard me as they began rushing toward freedom. The killers were occupied in killing off any of the injured. I rushed outside into bright sunshine and had to shield my eyes for a few moments. I eventually gazed around to see a small clearing with a forest in the distance. The other victims began running past me and began heading for cover in the forest. I reached the edge of the forest and gazed back to see the killers emerge from the building. I had a good head start and knew that it would take them a while to catch up with me. I began to jog slowly while taking the occasional break to conserve my stamina. It was about 20 minutes after entering the forest when I heard a noise coming from somewhere to my left. I looked in amazement as the four killers passed close by while riding a group of ponies. The nun looked terrified and was clutching onto the poor animal's neck. The reaper spotted me and swerved his pony over toward me. He jumped off and then began to swing his shovel all around in an obvious attempt to intimidate me. I nearly burst out laughing when he somehow got the shovel stuck in a low-hanging branch. I spotted a thick branch on the ground and smashed him over the head with it. He collapsed face first onto the ground and tried to get up, and I started smashing the branch into the back of his skull until the branch eventually snapped. I reached up and grabbed his shovel and used it to finish the job of crushing his skull. 
I noticed a camera in one of the trees and realized they were filming everything that was happening here. His pony was grazing only a short distance away, so I climbed on its back and began moving forward. I passed the corpses of some of the other victims who had obviously been caught by the killers. I spotted a building ahead of me and made my way toward it. I stopped at the entrance to what was obviously once a school and hopped off the pony. He just wandered off straight away and began eating the grass that lay nearby. I held the shovel in my hands and took two deep breaths before making my way inside. I was greeted by the bodies of more victims who looked like they had tried to put up a fight and lost badly. Their bodies were covered in multiple stab wounds and each of them had their eyes ripped out. I was still standing there gazing down at their bodies when I heard a noise directly behind me. I swung the shovel around in reflex in the hopes of taking out one of the victims. I froze in shock as I watched the shovel smash into a woman's skull. Her accusatory eyes stared at me before her corpse crumpled to the ground. Someone began clapping, and I saw the headmaster step out of a room with a sinister smile on his face. He reached behind him and grabbed the rulers and began to advance on me. I held the shovel out in front of me in the hopes of using it to block his blows. He swung one of his rulers and I felt a stinging sensation on my arm as the ruler connected. His smile grew wider as he had drawn first blood. He began to move quicker and I was constantly having to adjust myself to keep him at a distance. He rushed forward toward me and I dodged him. I stuck a foot out and watched in glee as he fell onto the ground. One of the rulers went flying out of his hand and he began reaching to grab it. I brought the shovel down and listened to his scream of anguish as I cut off his hand. I celebrated internally as I rushed past him and grabbed the fallen ruler. He stood up and faced me with tears of pain cascading down his face. I now held the ruler in my hand and began moving toward him. He began to back away while swinging his other ruler to keep me at bay. He wasn't paying attention to what was behind him and tripped over the body of the woman I'd accidentally killed earlier. He began pleading with me to stop, but I felt no remorse as I brought the ruler down and crushed his throat. I searched through the room that I'd come from earlier and found some food and water. I had a quick meal and decided to have some sleep as it was starting to get dark outside. Next morning, I awoke and began gathering up what food and water that I had already eaten and prepared to head out. I decided on a whim to check the headmaster's pockets and looked down as I found a set of keys. I went to the opposite entrance of the building and peered out to see nothing moving. I explored outside and found two quads hidden beneath some branches. I tried the key in both and was relieved when it worked in the first. I decided my only course of action was to keep going forward as there was only death in front of me. I made a harness using the branches to hold my supplies and the weapons I'd collected. For the next 20 minutes, I moved along at a leisurely pace through fields of daffodils. I could see tracks crossing my path, possibly made by other victims and remaining killers. I saw something on the ground ahead and slowed down to check it out. I quickly grabbed my weapons just in case it was a trap. I found a young girl who looked like she was no older than 12. 
She was luckily just asleep, and I went over and got her some food and water. She woke up screaming after I tapped her on the shoulder. I quickly calmed her down after explaining that I wasn't one of them. She still looked wary, but gladly accepted the food I offered. I started heading toward the quad to get more food for her and had only moved a short distance away when I heard a noise behind me. I turned to see the nun standing behind the girl with the rosary beads wrapped around her neck. The little girl gave me a pleading look moments before the nun slit her throat. The spray of blood turned all the daffodils around us crimson. The nun smiled at me and began inching toward me. I backed up toward the quad and grabbed the rulers. The nun stopped coming forward and gazed in annoyance at the rulers. She was obviously used to close quarter kills, so I now had the advantage over her. She began circling me in the hopes of getting around my defenses. I watched her carefully and waited for her to make the first move. She darted forward, so I whacked her hand with the ruler as she let out a squeal of pain. She looked furious at this point, as there was a small bruise forming where I hit her. She continued circling me while occasionally darting forward before being forced back by the rulers. I decided I needed to go on the offensive and lurch toward her. She seemed surprised at this and didn't even have time to defend herself as I smashed her across the face. She moved backwards and spit out some blood that contained a tooth. I began to attack her repeatedly, and soon her face and hands were littered with cuts and bruises. She fell to the ground in the fetal position to try and protect herself. I grabbed the rosary beads that she had dropped and wrapped them around her throat. I think she was about to say something, but I didn't give her the chance, as I ended her life the same way she had ended the little girl's. I threw the rosary beads on top of her corpse before spitting on her and making my way back to the quad. I moved along at a quicker pace and began seeing more corpses who had makeshift arrows sticking out of their body. I decided it might be better to go on foot just in case I wandered into an ambush. I dodged from tree to tree while constantly looking in every direction. The forest was deathly silent as if in anticipation of what was coming. I was making my way across a small clearing when I felt an agonizing pain in my right leg. I almost wept as I saw the arrow that now protruded from it. I tried to continue going forward, but my leg gave out beneath me. I heard a maniacal laugh coming from the trees, and the Boy Scout moved out carrying a homemade bow. He threw it to one side and grabbed his penknife. He advanced forward to kill me while I was wounded. I started to crawl toward my supplies and had just put my hand on them when he dragged me away. I turned to see the Boy Scout smiling down at me. I instinct lashed out with my uninjured foot and hit him in the testicles. The smile on his face disappeared as he crumpled to the ground. I reached down and snapped the arrowhead that was in my leg and jammed it into his ear. He began convulsing on the ground for a few seconds before finally going still. Music began playing and a number of heavily armored men moved toward me. They were flanking someone who looked vaguely familiar. I think I'd seen him in some straight-to-video movies over the years. He congratulated me on winning this year's tournament as I lay there in shock. He started asking me questions, but I was too stunned to answer. 
And this happened a few months ago, and I'm still coming to terms with everything that transpired. I was given a million bucks in prize money and made to sign a number of legal documents to ensure my silence. I haven't been able to find this show, but I know it's out there somewhere on the dark web. I just hope that if any of you take part, then you'll fight back like I did. I awoke and gazed around at a room I didn't recognize. I immediately started suffering from deja vu as I remembered what had transpired last year. I made my way to the door and looked down an empty hallway. I started moving forward toward the two large doors at the end of the hall. The room inside was sparsely lit, so I inched my way inside. I nearly jumped out of my skin when the door slammed shut behind me. Floodlights suddenly lit up the room and I had to use my hands to shield my eyes. A voice started booming over the intercom and announced that we were the contestants for this year's America's Next Top Serial Killer. A number of previous winners were now competing to see who was the ultimate serial killer. My eyes adjusted to the lights and I saw there were a number of other people in the room with me. A few of them were looking over at me with sneering looks on their faces. They obviously knew I'd won by sheer luck and had started off as an intended victim. They were all dressed in an assortment of clothing while I was dressed in a hoodie and a pair of tracksuit bottoms. I spotted a number of weapons lying on the table nearby and went over to investigate. I quickly picked up a bow and a quiver of arrows as I used to be quite good as a child. A number of large men came in and began leading us to a couple of golf carts. We were then led along a number of passengers. We stopped intermittently and one of the other killers hopped off and were led away. I was the last one to be ushered out. I was led to a ladder and told to climb. I climbed the ladder and stepped out into an open field. There was no one around me so I began to move forward at a steady pace. I spun around after hearing running footsteps approaching me from behind. A woman carrying a spear with a small American flag attached was charging at me. The spear was lowered and she was obviously intended to gut me. I stood aside at the last moment and stuck my foot out to trip her. She fell awkwardly and the spear managed to embed itself in her throat. Blood started spurting out of her mouth as she lay on the ground. She looked like she was trying to say something but all that came out were bubbles of blood. I noticed a name tag on the spear, and it said Lady Liberty. Her eyes slowly dimmed, and I stood over her corpse for a few more moments. I heard shouting in the distance and made my way toward it to see what was going on. I walked into a scene of absolute chaos. One of the other killers had cornered a group of victims and was using a flamethrower to burn them alive. Their screams were cut off as the flames destroyed their vocal cords. And within seconds, there was nothing but charred ash. I knocked an arrow and tried to get a sneak up behind the killer to get a better shot. I don't know how he heard, but he suddenly wheeled around and smiled when he saw me. I had to rush back as he turned the flamethrower on me and the flames missed me by mere inches. I decided to call him Pyro as it suited him. I started to use the wide open space to my advantage. I refused to get too close to him so his weapon was useless. 
I could see that he was starting to tire as he was lugging around a heavy flamethrower. Sweat was pouring down his forehead, and I decided to finish him. I let loose an arrow, and it managed to hit the tank on his back. He seemed to smile at me milliseconds before the tank exploded. His body became a flaming inferno when he tried to roll on the ground to put out the flames, but to no avail. I started to move away as the smell of burnt flesh was starting to make me hungry. I searched the area and found no one else alive. I did find some food supplies and quickly ate my fill. There was some cooked meat for sandwiches, but I opted not to as I kept thinking of Pyro's burning flesh. I spotted cameras in nearby trees and considered destroying them, but thought it would be best to leave them alone. I spotted a couple of bicycles nearby and found a map attached to all of them. They showed my location and also indicated where we needed to go next. I hopped onto the bicycle and began to move toward my next destination. I planned to save a few of the intended victims and kill the rest of these bloody killers. I saw something on the horizon and was confused to see what looked like a cemetery in the middle of nowhere. I ditched the bicycle outside the entrance and hiked myself up before entering. The interior of the cemetery was dark and foreboding as a large number of trees cast shadows over everything. I kept seeing movement out the corner of my eye, which were only branches moving in the wind. I crept forward with an arrow, ready to let it fly at a moment's notice. I was soon surrounded by shadows as the trees were all around me. I was having to step over the gravestones as many of them were cracked and broken. I stupidly tripped over a gravestone that was buried in grass, which managed to save my life. I felt a breeze against the back of my neck as I was falling. I quickly pushed myself off the ground to see a man standing beside me carrying a scythe. He'd obviously swung it at me, but had missed due to me falling. He was dressed in all black and wore a hood that covered his face. I lashed out with my foot and heard a satisfying crack as I connected with his knee. He fell backward and I flinched as I heard the sickening sound of his head smashing into one of the gravestones. I found his name tag and I wasn't surprised that it read Grim. I pulled his hood back and laughed when I saw his face. He looked so much like my old science teacher, Mr. Rogers, who always showed up to work with the stench of alcohol on his breath. I started to move through the rest of the cemetery and found the decapitated remains of victims who Grimm had managed to sneak up on. Many of their faces looked surprised as if he had caught them completely unaware. There was a paved road on the other side of the cemetery. I found a number of segways hidden close by and more food supplies. I spent a few minutes learning how to ride without falling off before setting off along the road. The road was very thin and the woods on either side could have hidden anything. I passed bodies that looked like they'd been ripped apart by a wild animal and decided to walk the rest of the way. I kept getting a feeling that I was being watched and I could feel the hair standing on the back of my neck. I heard something come charging out of the woods and I let it fly with an arrow. A demonic creature came tearing out of the woods and I knew that I was dead. It seemed to be sizing me up before suddenly falling forward. I was frozen in shock for a couple seconds before finally snapping out of it. I spotted my arrow in the creature's head and was ecstatic that I had killed it. 
I quickly realized that this wasn't a creature, but an almost seven-foot-tall man. He was naked except for a pair of underwear and was covered in mud and God knows what else. I opted not to look for a name tag and just called him the Beast. I found a clearing nearby and decided to get some rest as it was starting to get dark and I could barely stay standing. I awoke the next morning, invigorated and determined to kill anyone that stood in my way of surviving this. I still had a healthy supply of arrows left, so I just needed to keep an enemies at bay. I started to jog forward along the road as I wanted to get this finished by the end of the day. I slowed my pace as I reached the bottom of a steep hill. I set a steady pace on the way up, but didn't exert myself as I knew that I might need the energy later in the day. I finally reached the peak and stood there gazing down at the horrific sight that was unfolding in front of me. Three of the killers had teamed up and were now slaughtering a number of victims. The victims were running around like headless chickens and were being easily picked off one by one. I grabbed an arrow and fired it at a man wearing a Jim Carrey mask who was killing his victims with what looked like a stick of sharpened licorice. I let out a satisfied sigh when I watched the arrow go through his ear. He turned his head for a moment and I saw the tip had exited the far side. He took two steps before falling dead to the floor. The two other killers had finished off the other victims and now began to make their way toward me. I grabbed an arrow to fire and they began to panic as it dropped out of my hand. The killers quickly covered the distance and I prepared to use the bow as a club. I tried to keep both killers in my eye line, but they circled around me. One was a girl dressed in a cheerleader's uniform who kept twirling a baton with blades on either end. The other was a male dressed as a pirate who had hooks at the end of each arm. He had an eye patch covering one of his eyes. The pirate darted forward and I managed to whack him in the side of the head. I ducked out of instinct and watched as the baton swung harmlessly over my head. I managed to swing the bow and knock the baton out of her hands. Then I grabbed the arrow I dropped earlier and plunged it into her eye. She seemed to be winking at me before walking off. The pirate let out a cry of anguish and ran over to her. He held on to her as she slowly began to fall over. He started to weep and begged her to get up. He gazed at me with a look of fury and then suddenly charged at me. I grabbed a baton and placed it in front of me. He must not have seen it because he impaled himself on it. He stared at me for a few seconds before looking down at the blade that was now stuck in his gut. He pulled the baton out of my hands and made his way back to the cheerleader. He lay down beside her and died in her arms. I did a quick count in my head and knew that there was only one killer left. I walked past the recently killed victims and made my way down the slope toward the bottom of the hill. My heart was beating quickly as I knew that I was one kill away from surviving. I noticed what looked like a pitch ahead and knew that was where this would be decided. The final killer stood on the pitch awaiting me. He was dressed in an American football uniform that had once been white but was now stained red due to the bodies that lay at his feet. I fired an arrow that struck him in the shoulder and he barely flinched. I could see a fresh trickle of blood running down so I knew that I got through to his uniform. He charged at me and I quickly fired another arrow which missed him by inches. I moved at the last second, but he still collided with my side, and I was sent sprawling to the pitch. The bow went flying out of my hands, and he stood on it and snapped it. 
began wheezing as he moved away and seemed to be gloating. He waited until I got my breath back and stood up before coming at me once again. I managed to avoid him this time, but knew I wouldn't survive for very long. He turned around and advanced on me while obviously intending to use his overwhelming strength to crush me. He pulled me into a bear hug and I started to feel lightheaded as his arms crushed my body. I managed to grab hold of the hook that I had cut off the pirate's hand and plunged it into his groin area. He immediately released me and I fell to the floor. He was now bent forward and I crawled forward and used the hook to slice open the back of his ankles. His feet gave way beneath him and I climbed on top of him and used the hook to open his jugular. Music began blaring. The same host from last year seemed to emerge from nowhere. He grabbed my arm and wrenched it into the air while declaring me the ultimate serial killer. He then stepped back after looking into my eyes. A number of armed guards appeared after he clicked his fingers. I moved past them and toward a door which I hoped would lead me away from this place. A hundred million dollars was transferred into my bank account the next day, but I refused to touch it. I've been searching for a job lately and always smile when applying for jobs when they ask, do you have any special skills? Unfortunately, no job I apply for is looking for someone who is exceptionally good at killing people. 